0: like marriage and divorce, kids in college, Death of a loved one, career changes, and of course retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and/or markets on this. show, Show that past performance is not indicative of future results thanks for tuning in
1: you're listening to McNamara on money the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show uh today you're listening to so this is Kirk Reed in Marshfield uh and I believe I am joined by Michael McNamara down in southwest Florida Mike yes, are you in, there yes indeed good okay morning. good morning what's the weather like
2: today Oh, it's going to get to the mid 80s. You know, one of those days. One, just
1: one of those days. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of cold and overcast. Sounds just
2: dreadful down there. I,
1: <laughs> oh dear. What's it say? I, it says 47 here. 47 and cloudy and yeah. kind of. Drizzly, but but getting up drizzly. to 59, so we'll take it. Oh, okay. Know. Yeah. Yeah, could be worse. I,
2: I try not to think about comparing where I am now and where I'll be in a, in a few weeks there for weather-wise because it doesn't matter. But uh, I got over gloating about the weather hopefully a
1: few years ago. Who knows? It'll be... Well, By when you get here in two weeks, it'll be in the 80s, so... Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> no, bring pro- that
2: big container up with you, Mike, that traps all the good weather. Just bring it with you.
1: <laughs> we shall see. All right. Okay. Um, you want me to just run through the announcements real quick before you start? You know, great. Why don't you do that? Yeah. All right. So... Um, so next week, um, next week, Saturday, May fourth. Uh, the topic is common sense financial survival, um, and that'll be that'll be you, Mike. Correct? Yep. Do you have a a, a guest for that one? Uh, let's see.
2: I think. My bride, Pamela, is going to keep me company, but uh, as you know, she deserted me today, so hopefully it'll be her, and I won't have to beg you to help keep me company. Okay. Again. All right. Well. <laughs> and, and, again, and by the way, folks, if you were listening to the, some of the ads or whatever, uh, I was supposed to do that show today, but when I was researching the show we're going to have today, which is called Coming Into Money, I got so excited with some stuff, I said, I want to do this first, sort of a thing. So, And, and, and you'll be fun to have this show with, Kirk. I just want you to know that in advance. Okay. Oh, is that a surprise? Am I coming into money? Do I need no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you'll get some chuckles and some sadness from some of the stories I'm going to
1: relate here in the first half an hour to okay. set the stage, you know. Uh, and then the following Saturday, May 11th, uh, the topic is estate planning for young families. Um, and so let's see. So the, the little description we have is, do you know who will take care of your children if something should happen to you? Who will manage your assets until your children are old enough to do that themselves? Do you have a trust, a will, healthcare directive and financial power of attorney? What about life insurance? Do you have enough? Uh, that'll, that'll be Alyssa. So Alyssa will be hosting that, uh, with her guest attorney, Daniel Van Ness of DGVE law in Hingham, uh, and talking about estate planning for young families. Uh, and then lastly, um, this coming Tuesday, uh, April 30th, uh, we are hosting a social security seminar. Uh, that's at the Casken and Flagon in Marshfield. Uh, it starts at 630. Uh, if you'd like to join us, uh, please call the office at 781-834-2010. Uh, or you can visit our website at uh, to register. Uh we are asking for a $10 donation uh which will go to the Marshfield Food Pantry. Um and the uh, you know the speaker that evening will be uh Kurt Zarnowski um who was on the radio with us uh, a few weeks ago. Um you know he's a long time uh he was a long time employee of the Social Security Administration uh and certainly an expert uh, in that field. Um we we have about seven or eight spots left, I guess is what I've been told. So we do have, you know, we're almost full, but we do have a few more spots uh, if you'd like to join us.
2: Are, are you the master of ceremonies, by the way? Yes.
1: All righty. That's, that's like an annual thing now for you, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, it's Kurt, you know, so I'm, you know, so Kurt always likes to refer to it as the Kurt and Kirk show. I was uh, just going to
2: say that. It sounds cool. He right? likes, yeah, he <laughs> likes the ring of that. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. So do you want to? you want to start us off here sure uh
2: and again i was going to do this theme next week but i really got excited this week doing some prep for it so what the heck okay so so the the generic title of the show is coming into money uh and we're going to kind of run through it well the ways you can do that uh we're going to run through uh the problems that that usually presents for most people, uh, and then we're going to run through a list of do's and don'ts, so that hopefully by the end of the show, anybody who's going to come into money won't make a whole bunch of the mistakes that most people do when they come into money, sort of a thing, okay? Can I, um, can I interrupt you for one sec?
1: Any, anytime. Um, I just wanted to... Um, you know, just give out the phone number in case anybody oh, yeah. wants to call in. Yep, yep. Uh, this is a call-in talk radio show. We love to get phone calls. Uh, the number in the studio is 781-837-4900. Uh, or if, uh, if you'd prefer not to be on the air, you can text us a question. Uh, and the number for that is 781-775-0116. Alrighty. All
2: right. So there are a few different ways. I didn't call this inheriting money because that's only one way you can come into money. Uh, But anyway, there are a few different ways that you can come into money. And we're going to get into that in a while. But but I, I wanted to read some sad stories to kind of set the stage obviously probably the most famous way that people come into money is winning a lottery uh and, and although that's a very infrequent event with very high odds it's pretty exciting to read about the huge chunks of money that people inherit you know over, over that time uh a, a, there's a relatively common uh statistic that says most people will come into a large sum of money, make it disappear in two, three, four, five years because uh, they kind of squander it. And I, I literally uh, wanted to spend uh, probably the first, well, the first uh, segment of our show up until at least 830 reading some sometimes funny, but lots of times sad stories to, to illustrate uh, the point of Quite clearly, okay? Um, and so I'm going to be quoting from a website called The Penny Hoarder, okay? Uh, and I'm going to be quoting from an article by a fellow by the name of Steve Gilman, who I believe is a writer for Smart Money. And the the title of this article that he wrote in June of 2018 was From Rags to Riches to Rags Again, <laughs> 21 lottery winners who lost everything and again folks some of these are sad and 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 some of them are almost laughable uh but the you know real people real stories i think it illustrates some of the points that we're going to make here hopefully uh and you know i I just think it's important to kind of go over those so here we go number one a typical story Lisa Arcand won $1 million in the Massachusetts Lottery in 2004. She bought a house and went on a vacation, like many winners. Of course, a $1 million isn't much after taxes, so she also opened a restaurant to make some additional income. Sadly, within a few years, she ran out of money. And closed the failing restaurant. In 2007, now remember, she won the money in 2004. In 2007, she said of her lottery experience, actually, it's been very depressing. All right, so that's number one. Comment anytime, my friend, okay? All right, number two, from millionaire to factory worker. Michael Carroll was a garbage man in England when, at age 19, he won, and I'll do the dollars, I guess, about $14 million in 2002. So he's 19 years old. It's 2002, $14.4 million. A mansion, drugs, and gold jewelry ate up the money quickly. By 2012, so that's 10 years later, Carroll was broke, and living off unemployment checks. Now he works in a slaughterhouse, making $500 per week. Yeah. All right. Number three, party down and down and down. Gerald Muswagon of Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Manitoba, won $10 million in 1998. He bought cars for friends and family and made his new house a party pad eventually he'd spent all his money and took a minimum wage job to support his six children and his girlfriend in 2005 just seven years after his big win he took his own life yikes yep number four generous to a fault janet lee won 18 million dollars in 1993 although her gambling habit reportedly cost her more than $300,000 a year. <laughs> she, may have, uh, she may have spent more on charitable and political donations. Her generosity included $1 million for Washington University to build a new library. In 2001, she filed for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. 1993, $18 million, 2001, zero.
1: Okay. I've got, I've got a question for you. Uh, sure. Just on that one. I mean, this is kind of slightly off topic, but... Yeah. You know, so like, you know, Washington University takes that money from, from this this lady. Yeah. I mean, do they have any responsibility to make sure that somebody has the wherewithal or the, the ability to donate that type of
2: money you know that's a really good question uh, I, my, my answer to that would be uh, I, I don't think they do probably not and, yeah. and their their answer they would we'll probably be sure we do but I but I take the money anyway that's yeah. a that's a, one of the, that's a great question one of the points I'm gonna make a little later on Okay, this is a hint, folks. You know, you don't tell anybody about your money that you came into. If you can, you keep it private because you'll have lots of friends and family and relations and people you don't know and charities knocking on your door. There are right. a number of these stories that involve charities and churches putting full-court press on folks who come into money. And, uh, you know, so, yep yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really good I question. Just,
1: yeah, I mean, like, I know, like, you know, ourselves and, like, you know, investment advisors and just, um, you know, you know, we have to make people make sure, you know, we're, you know, we're required to make sure people have, you know, the ability to invest money and, you know, make, make sure everything's appropriate. And I just wonder what, you know, these, you know, charities and, and things like that. Yeah. What kind of responsibility yeah. they have to make sure they're not, you know, I, I would guess that most
2: charities don't have a compliance department. <laughs> although, although okay. they, would, they would tell you they probably have a moral compass. I'm not sure. But anyway, I, I think, you know, th- th- there's questions on that subject for sure. Yeah. Okay. Number five. Millionaire or murderer Willie Hurt won $3.1 million in the Michigan lottery in 1989 The money didn't last Long within two years Hurt wrecked his marriage Lost custody of his Kids and was charged with Attempted murder he spent the Winnings on his divorce and drugs According to his attorney Okay Number six big winner goes deep in debt. Suzanne Mullins won $4.2 million in 1993 in the Virginia Lottery. She split the prize with her husband, I thought that was a nice thing to do, Mm -hmm. and was supposed to receive 20 annual after-tax payments of $47,778. So again, almost $48,000 a year for 20 years. I guess that was her half. Why why did she split it? I I don't understand the marriage situation here. That sounds a little funny. But anyway, but... When money got tight, well, let's see, you're getting an extra $48,000 a year, but money gets tight. But when money got tight, she borrowed from a company that lends cash to lottery winners. Wait a second.
1: <laughs> I told you some of this was laughable. It's so stupid. Okay, <laughs> why is there a company like that that exists? Oh,
2: oh there are. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely off. Lends cash
1: to lottery winners. Okay. Sure. Okay. okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. It sounds a little. Uh, well, we could debate the morality of that as well, I guess. Uh, so she does this in 1993. In 2000, you know, 20 years worth of 48,000 bucks a year, and her husband's getting the same. This doesn't sound like they should be getting tight for money. But anyway, in 2000, the lottery rules changed, allowing Mullins to collect the rest of her money all at once. Okay? She apparently spent the money rather than pay back what she owed to the lottery lender. And in 2004, a court ruled that she still owed the company $154,147. Okay? So, so folks, you know, one of the macroeconomic points I'm going to make about 11 times in the next two hours is that most people are... Or not so good with managing their finances. Oh let me put this way: many people, folks, are not very good at managing their finances. Well, if you you know come into a lot of money, you can make really big mistakes managing your finances. And uh, you know, it's just a question of ignorance, basically, from my point of view.
1: They go and quick too.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I I, you know let's see. So we've got an an extra ninety six thousand dollars a year coming into the household that we didn't have before, but. But when money got tight, she borrowed money, okay? And by the way, I've had, I think, three different lottery winners over the years, and they all get themselves in trouble, or if they had an annual check, they were in debt waiting for the annual check to square away the the stuff they bought that they shouldn't have before they got the check. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of sad. Okay, number seven, $31 gone in two years, Okay. Billy Bob Harrell Jr. won $31 million in the Lotto Texas game in 1997, and he no longer had to stock shelves at Home Depot. He bought a ranch and a few homes, gave money to his church, and made loans to friends. Everyone wanted a piece of his money, and soon his marriage was in trouble as he lent and spent all of his winnings. In 1999, less than two years after his big win, Harold took his own life. Okay? Go through $31 million in two years. Okay? One of the points I'm going to make several times is that inheriting a large chunk of money besides most people not being able to handle it is an emotional kind of an arrangement And, and sometimes people might need some counseling because there's a lot of stress and a lot of guilt. Sometimes it comes with inheriting money. Be- besides the the uh, not so good at managing your financial affairs sort of a thing. So there's there are you know numerous instances of people taking their own lives after winning well, uh, chunks of money and then going to zero and you know just wishing they had never done that. Uh, okay, big spending. So this is number eight. And folks, I'm quoting from an, an, an a magazine. Smart Money Magazine article, Steve Gilman, updated June of 2018, and it's on the Penny Hoarder website. So I'm not making this stuff up, folks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's see. Yep. Okay. So number eight, big spending. Sharon Terrabasi of Hamilton, Ontario, won $10.5 million in 2004. She treated friends to vacations in Cancun, Las Vegas, california florida and the caribbean she got married and bought a house for five hundred and fifteen thousand dollars and got a three hundred and sixty thousand dollar mortgage loan rather than paying all cash she bought numerous cars including one that cost more than two hundred thousand dollars oh hello there you go and gave millions of dollars to family and friends By 2007, so 2004 to 2007, half of the money was gone. By 2008, with her husband in jail for a DUI, Terabasi lost her home. Now, to pay the rent and support her kids, she takes a bus to her part-time job. Okay? Oh, gosh. These are... Just tragedies for a variety of reasons. Okay, number nine, living in the moment. Lou Eisenberg won $5 million in 1981, which at the time was the largest lottery win ever. After taxes, he received payments of $120,000 a year for 20 years. Okay? He bought a condo in Florida, took trips to Europe and Hawaii, and gambled gambled I'm sorry he also gave cash to whoever he figure needed it of his spending he says I lived for the day shortly after shortly after cashing his last check in 2001 so 1981 2001 20 years Eisenberg was broke now 81 years old he lives in a mobile home on social security and pension income that amounts to about a thousand dollars a month number 10 elderly lottery winner looking for a job okay Vivian Nicholson of Castleford England won uh, approximately I'm doing the the pounds to conversion about 3.5 million dollars in today's dollars she famously vowed to spend 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 she bought expensive designer dresses vacations and a new car every six months mind you every six months. By the 1970s, so she, this is 1961, excuse me, by the 1970s, Nicholson was broke. In 1998, she received money from the spend, 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 a musical about her life <laughs> uh-huh. and spent it all quickly. By th- This woman, holy, I just can't believe it. By 2007, at age 71, she was living on a pension of $102 a week and was looking for a job after sending out 25 five resumes she still hasn't found one she died in 2015 just just a waste just a tragic waste all right number 11 karmic lottery loss Denise Rossi won 1.3 million in the California lottery in 1996 but instead of telling her husband of 25 years who thought they were happily married she asked for a divorce and said she wanted it done quickly. Soon after the divorce, Rossi's ex-husband discovered her deception. In 1999, a judge determined that she had broken asset disclosure laws, and he awarded her husband every penny of her winnings. Mm. Okay. Stay married, that's what I think, Kirk, you know. (laughs) Number 12. Nightmares. William Bud Post won $16.2 million in 1993 and five years later said, Everybody dreams of winning money, but nobody realizes the nightmares that come out of the woodwork or the problems. Post's brother tried to hire someone to kill him and his wife. Oh, jeez. A landlady forced him, I don't know how this happened, to give her a third of his winnings. He was convicted of assault for firing a shotgun at a bill collector and for passing bad checks. He declared bankruptcy when post died in 2006. He left nothing. He left little or nothing behind for his seventh wife and the nine children he had with his sixth wife. Jeez. Okay. Tough to keep score here, right? Yeah. All right, let's see. Killing, for, Killed for his money, U- Uruj Khan won $1 million in the Illinois lottery in 2012, opted for a lump sum payment of $424,000. He planned to use the money to expand his dry cleaning business. Sadly, Khan died less than a month after winning, the day after his check was mailed. While his death was ruled natural at first, a test later revealed that he had been poisoned with cyanide. The police have not named a suspect, and a subsequent autopsy revealed nothing more. Okay, hmm. fourteen. Another lottery winner poison. Now that's too depressing. Fifteen. Two lottery wins. Very little money. Evelyn Adams won the New Jersey lottery twice in 2005 and 2006, collecting $5.4 million in total. Spending sprees, bad investments, gift to family, and a gambling habit all helped her get rid of the money quickly. 16, defrauded by a friend. Marva Wilson won $2 million in the Missouri lottery in 2012. Freya Person, whom Marva considered a friend, Tricked her into giving person unrestricted access to her bank account. I don't know how you do that, Kirk, but she did. Pearson used the money to travel, gamble, and buy cars and an apartment, spending more than six hundred and forty thousand of the two million. Just two years after cashing in her winning ticket, Wilson was broke. Two million, two years. Tax fraud, number 17. Tax fraud and other problems. Alex Toth won $13 million in the Florida lottery in 1990. He lived well for a few years and went broke, split up with his wife, got into trouble for filing ta- false tax returns, and spent some time in a mental institution. He avoided going to trial for the tax fraud charges by dying penniless at age 60 in 2008. Okay. Two more. Three more. We'll take a break, okay? Uh, Yet another lottery divorce. This is number 18. Lara and Robert Griffith won $2.1 million in lotto in 2005. They bought a home for $790,000 along with a Lexus 4x4 and a Porsche convertible. Okay? Robert paid for his band to have a record made, and Lara splurged on designer handbags. They set up a beauty salon business. Then six years later, Roger disappeared with his Porsche, and Lara discovered suspicious emails on his computer. He denied having an affair, but the marriage ended, the money was gone, and now Lara is an employee at the salon that they used to own. Okay. 19, too young to win. Callie Rogers is perhaps the youngest big lottery winner ever. At age 16, she won $2.2 million in 2003. Her winnings went towards cosmetic surgery, drugs, and partying. She says she attempted suicide three times. Now married and a mother of three, she has only $2,359 left. Start with $2.2 million, end up with 2300 Okay, but says she is finally happy. She says of the experience, I was too young to win the lottery. I don't think 16-year-olds should be eligible. Yeah. I would, how old do you have to be? Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and I would, uh, I, by the way, this was in Britain, and I just converted the dollars. But I, okay. I, so I think you have to be 70 to inherit, or you should be, at least. But that's just my <laughs> own opinion. Okay, but I mean, to, to buy a lottery ticket, <laughs> isn't
1: there like a minimum <laughs> age? I, yeah. I it, thought it, it was it like probably is. 18 or 21. M- must be. Or, yeah. yeah. I
2: don't know. All right, two more. Okay, we'll take a break. Uh, a $27 million spending spree. David Lee Edwards split a $280 million Powerball jackpot with three others. Okay, so that's $70 million bucks, folks, for him. Okay? Uh, and it came while he was unemployed and living in his parents' basement. Okay, So here's a guy who inherits $70 million living in his parents' basement. After taxes, he received a lump sum of $27 million. Okay? He bought a $600,000 house, a $1 million fleet of cars, a $78,000 watch, a $1.9 million jet, 200 swords and other medieval weapons, and a $4.5 million fiber optics installation company. He also married a woman 19 years younger than he was. Within a year, he had spent $12 million. The house was soon lost to foreclosure. His wife was arrested for stabbing a boyfriend. And David died at age 58 in 2013. All right, last one, folks. Some of these are sad. Some of these are almost funny. And and I, I think we've probably made a point that you can do stupid things with money if you're not careful. Last but not least, a millionaire wins the lottery. Jack Whitaker was already a millionaire when on Christmas 2002, he won $314.9 million, the biggest single-person lottery win in history. He opted for a lump sum Payment. By the way, at least if you take the 20-year annual payments, you might last 20 years before you go
1: abroad. Yeah, exactly, Who knows? Yeah.
2: Right, okay. So he opted for a lump sum payment, which after taxes left him with $93 million.
1: That's, that's a bit of a
2: haircut. Yep. His contracting business, which employed over 100 people, provided a great living. But his humble lifestyle meant few people knew how much he made. The lottery winnings were apparently a different kind of income. The the notoriety and the fame—stay, stay stay under the radar, folks. Whitaker spent his money at strip clubs and casinos. He gave millions to charities. His habit of leaving cash in his car resulted in thefts of $545,000 one time and $100,000 another, and his house was robbed. He showered gifts and cash on his beloved 16-year-old granddaughter, who spent much of the money on drugs. A year later, she was found apparently murdered. Whitaker rarely speaks to the press now, and some reports say he is broke. When asked if life was easier before his big win, he said, yeah, it was a lot easier then. Okay, so folks, uh, after the break... Hopefully these stories have made some points, okay, coming into any kind of money. And I'll say coming into a large sum of money, and large is a relative term for lots of people, you have to be careful. Most people aren't very savvy about money, and you can get silly and stupid and do, and make some huge mistakes with huge chunks of money. And we're going to spend about the next hour and a half trying to help you figure out how not to do that should that ever situation present itself to yourself. Whew, that was kind of a long winded one, but I think you got the point. Kirk, any comments before we take a break or?
1: uh well I think those are all great examples of what not to do and yeah I'm I'm looking forward to talking about some things maybe what what you should do. <laughs> maybe
2: uh, maybe getting an uplifting thought or two here once yeah, in a while. That would yeah. be
1: good. Yeah do you have any of those stories? No not yet. No? Okay. okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Well it is it is time to take a break, so I think that was good timing.